Leanne Puglisi Ganjimi from Ballandine Estate. Good morning, Leanne. How are you? Good morning, Jill. I'm really well, thank you. That is good. I really enjoyed our little chat the other day and um, I've been rather excited uh, to get you on so you can tell the story, not just about Ballandine and your fabulous wines, of course, but um, your new hire and uh, and and what that what that means. So um, how about I hand the reins to you? You give us a bit of a backstory about Ballandine Estate first. Let's start there. Sure. So um, our family started making wine here in the Granite Belt commercially in 1968. Um, my father was a bit of a visionary, I suppose, back then, and no one was making wine commercially, but uh, there was a lot of wine being made here. My great-grandfather actually started making wine here in 1930. So wine has been produced in the region for a long time, but uh, 1968 was kind of when it all kicked off and uh, we were the first cellar door to open in 1970. Now there's over 40 in the region. So, um, you know, he was a bit of a maverick back then, but was determined to make it happen and here we are. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's been a, a bit of a wild ride trying to convince people that uh, we know what we're doing up here in Queensland, <laughs> that we are a cool climate region despite <laughs> us being in Queensland. And, um, you know, uh, it, I, definitely the word's getting out there these days and uh, people are much more up for, you know, what we're putting out there and uh, keen to learn about what we've what we're creating in our very unique part of Queensland. Oh, look, it's wonderful to hear you say that, and I'm definitely noticing it myself. Um, it, it is funny how you mentioned, I said earlier on the show that people, a lot of people do assume that um, Granite Belt would be like warm climate wines, but they don't realise that the elevation is actually very high and it's, and it's freezing there. Um, yeah. The first time that I went to Stanthorpe, was for my husband's birthday. This is just before, oh no, actually it was after COVID. And your cellar door was the first, first cellar door in the Granite Belt that I went to. And it was, it was September. So you can already see where I'm going with this. It was early September, freezing, Leanne. It was freezing. And we've got my little baby who's now three. Well, she was like, I don't know, just a few months old at the time, six months old. And we had your beautiful cab, Chardonnay and Sparkling, we did the tasting. We love the, the Chardonnay so much. We bought a bottle and one of your beautiful, beautiful uh, hand park picnics. And we sat outside in the cold all rugged up and it was such a beautiful experience. And um, so thank you for that. Thank you for making my introduction to uh, the Granite Belt um, so, so, so special. But yes, cold. I will say that. Take a jacket. <laughs> So let's touch. Let's touch on the varietals that um, that you're growing that you, and that are, that are doing really well and and maybe and why. So um, we have a hundred acres and we have twenty five varieties on that on a hundred acres. It's a lot of varieties. It is a lot of varieties, and Dad's always been very experimental, I suppose, and trying to find you know as as um, Rob was saying that the best varieties for our site. So. Uh, over the years, we've been doing lots of trial work and, you know, it is it is interesting to see what's working. Um, years ago, when we first started, it was more important, I suppose, for us to plant varieties that we thought our customers would sell, would buy. So, you know, things like Shiraz and Chardonnay and um, Semillon in the early days were what we had to put in because that was the, the thought. Whereas now with the Strange Bird, 
uh, idea that we have in our region where we're more focused on finding alternate and rare varieties that work in our region. Um, you know, we have a plethora of these very rare ones. So um, for us, I would say our most successful uh, variety is the Saparavi. Uh, we've done particularly well with that that variety and the granite bud is, you know, recognises a pretty awesome place to be growing at outside of Georgia where it comes from. So uh, we're very excited with the potential for that variety. Uh, and so much so we're trying to work with the Georgians and find a white variety that will work here as well. So, um, right. yeah, that's that's a bit of uh, exciting, I suppose, um, well, if we if the Saparavi has done so well, why can't we find a white variety that will do just as well in our climate? So uh, then they've been very good good to work with. You know, they're happy to help out. Uh, right. And, uh, so hopefully in the next year or two, we'll find that white variety and, and bring it in. That's, that's actually very fascinating. Um, I w I'm glad you touched on the Saparavi as well. That's one of my favourite varietals. And I actually think the best Saparavis I've ever had are from the Granite Belt. Um, I'm not lucky enough to have had one from Georgia yet. So, um, but, you know, as what most ancient grape in the world, uh, yeah. and it is, it's just, it, obviously, obviously Queensland just has that right terroir for it. But it yeah. is fascinating what that white varietal would be. I mean, as like, just to take a punt, what sort of what sort of variety would it be? Assimilate it to something else. Well, we we're actually not sure yet. You know, there's just so many, and um, you know, we one of our local winemakers who's on on this trail as well with Saparavi. He's just recently been over there, and you know, that they got told that there's 450 or something like that indigenous varieties in Georgia. Wow. Um, so, which one do we pick? You know, <laughs> it's actually going to be hard work, but yeah. exciting work. You know, if we've had this success with Saparavi, who knows what we're going to find over there that's going to work just as well. So exactly, it's a very it, exciting proposition. So it is indeed. Like I, Viognier, which is definitely one of my favourite uh, varietals, that grows beautifully. You guys do a great Viognier. We do. Um, we do. Yeah, one Queens. of my favourites. And yes. Uh, yeah, it's always hard. People go, oh, I'm not sure I like Viognier. Well, that's fine Good. because we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more for us, more for more us. For us. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is fascinating. So, well, it sounds like you're, you're leaps and leaps and bounds ahead of, of many people. Here you are going to, you know, br bring in and start producing new fabulous wines and um, and make it, making the white wine mark for our granite belt. But you're also, uh, you've made a new hire in Boxy Zing, uh, a yes. Chinese winemaker. So that's, I find that fascinating because you don't see a lot I'm not saying they're not there, but you do not see a lot of Chinese winemakers over here. So, um, can you can you kind of explain how that all came about? So um, last year, Dylan Reimer, who's been our winemaker here for twenty two years, resigned, which was all a big shock for us and I think for him. But um, just things happened, and it was time for him to move on. He's actually moved to Brisbane and uh, not in the wine industry, which is mm. a shame, you know, a winemaker with his experience, but it was just the right time for him. So, you know, after 22 years, it's hard to go looking for a, another winemaker, but exciting at the same time. So we put the call sure. out there. We had applications come from all over Australia and the world, and Boxy happened to be working in China. I mean, he's done 
a lot of work in the Barossa Valley. So um, he was there for eight years. He's just spent the last two years in China uh, working for a big company over there and decided it was time for him to come back to Australia. And during the interview process, you know, he said to us that he's been watching the Granite Belt. He's had friends living in Brisbane. He keep mentioning it, mentioning it to him. So when the position came up, he applied. And I, the interview process was, you know, these days it's via Zoom, so it was great. We could see him. But 22 years ago when we employed Dylan, it was over the telephone, and he was actually working in uh, Romania when we employed him. So um, he'd been overseas for quite a few years as well and, and had the same thing. He wanted to get back to Australia. And the nice thing about both of them is it was actually deja vu with Boxia. I couldn't believe what he was saying to us. He said, you know, I can go back to the Barossa and I'll be, you know, an assistant winemaker in a winery there. I have no problems getting a job, but I want to go somewhere where I can produce wines that I want to produce and that people will take notice. Sure. And he decided that that was going to be the Granite Belt. Uh, and Dylan said the same thing 22 years ago. You know, he wanted to be make his own decisions in a region um, you know, where no one would tell him what he could or couldn't do. And I think that's what Boxy feels here as well. Um, he's already changing things. It's it's quite exciting to see some of the ideas that he, he wants to put into place with us. Mm. Um, you know, my husband, Mario, is our um, production manager. So Boxy is the fourth winemaker in 34 years that he's worked with. And, um, you know, he's excited. So sure. it's, it's great, you know. That's great. great. Yeah, we, we don't know what's coming. Um, mm. He's very keen and very uh, focused and, yeah. It's In innovative it probably sounds. Um, it's very exciting, very forward thinking and it's testament to the, the awesome wines that are already in Queensland and these, these guys are going to uh, help put it more on the map. Look, um, just to round out our interview, we've had another message from Kim and this is for you. Uh, Kim would like to know what sort of cellar door experiences do Ballandina State offer and what's the most popular? So um, uh, in July, we actually took over our restaurant and we now do in our restaurant um, uh, wine tasting down there. So you can come down, uh, have a platter, uh, our beautiful antipasto boards, which is our signature dish. Uh, it includes a wine tasting with our senior staff. So while you're having a, a lovely, very relaxed meal, you can enjoy some of our wines and that has become really popular and it's, I think, the way forward in cellar door experiences. People don't all want to just stand at a bar anymore. They want no. something else and uh, I think uh, this something else, it's not unique. I mean, we've been looking at uh, wineries in, in uh, South Africa have been doing it this way for a long time. A couple of places, we were in the Barossa a couple of years ago, we've seen it emerging down there as well and we thought we'd be the first one in the Granite Belt and that's, I guess, the most popular uh, thing at the moment. We still offer the picnic experience that you you had and uh, people can wander down. But uh, yes, the wine lounge is where it's all happening at the moment and it's beautiful. It's cosy and gorgeous and I have velvet lounges so you know I'm excited because <laughs> I have velvet lounges. Um, 
So, yes, it's a, a lovely experience. But you can, we're here every day. We offer food seven days a week. The cellar door is open seven days a week. Uh, so there's a number of different ways you can taste our wines. Enjoy. And, yeah, enjoy what we have to offer. Oh, look, I can I can advocate all of that, uh, Kim, and everybody who's listening. It's a wonderful experience, so definitely give it a go. So, Leanne, thank you so much for your time. We're uh, just beginning to wind up. Take care. I'm going to come and visit you very soon, okay? I'm going to come and knock on your door. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great Sunday.